Amen. What a sweet time of worship. You have a seat. I am so encouraged by um, that time of worship. I hope that you are too. Are you? Yeah. I'm also encouraged by the fact that my dad is in the room. Yeah. That my parents are here. I mean, come on. He was... He's trying to behave, he said, which we know that's not going well. And it won't last very long, so we better hurry up, right? Um, won't take long. But, you know, just not, what, 10 days ago? No, uh, 8 days ago, or 9 days ago, you were having your procedure, and tonight you were here, and you were ready to serve, but we felt like maybe we could take one more or a week to, to chill. But don't you think he wasn't hitting those high notes in Christ alone earlier? He was hitting those high notes in Christ alone. So I'm encouraged by our worship tonight, our, our sincere worship, and I'm encouraged by the fact that we're all here. But that, for those of you that don't know, my dad is, is here after a ventricular tachycardia storm and procedure, and so I'm very encouraged by that. Also, it is their anniversary, and you'll hear Laura celebrate that. Celebrate that again a little bit later and just celebrating them and that, but um, just very thankful that they are in the room, both mom and dad. So, we started our series finally last week with new wine, and we jumped right in talking about um, how I've seen new wine made two ways. I didn't focus on the process last week of how to make new wine because I'm going to do that tonight. But I did talk about the pressing and the crushing and how that's one way that wine is made. And then we talked about what? Wedding wine. Wedding wine. The other way I've known wine to be made was wedding wine. And who did that? Jesus. 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 The wedding at Cana. And how we have many needs or many questions and how it seems like through life we go through pressing and crushing and it's either one or the other, pressing and crushing or wedding wine. But the truth is we can have both at the same time. We can still have the answers, the questions unanswered and experience his peace and his power and his presence, which gives us wedding wine. And I'm so thankful for that message last week for myself also. And some of you were praying for wedding wine all week, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't stop. Don't stop. Because you know you're calling to the scene. You're calling Jesus to the scene. And when he's on the scene, wedding wine will show up. May not answer that question you have, but his peace, his presence. And so when you call out for wedding wine, you're calling out for Jesus. And so keep calling for wedding wine. So we talked about the pressing and the crushing. We talked about the wedding wine. And now tonight we're going to talk about the process. We're going to hone in on what where the pressing and the crushing, crushing happens. It happens in the process of wine making. And we're going to get real honest here tonight. And so I hope that you have come open and ready to be real with yourself and real with the Lord because he is ready to get real with us. So the process, as I said last week, can be beautiful as grapes are transformed into new wine. The process can also be painful and long as grapes are transformed into new wine. But when it's being poured out. It all makes sense. And I kind of said this, and I'm switching it up this week. The same goes for me. In the process, will I receive the layers or will I resist 
Are you with me? So that's what we're going tonight, new line. As we talked about last week, at the end of that wine-making process, one way or the other, we're going to have wine, aren't we? One way. It could be bad wine, though. It could be bad wine, or it could be good wine. The question would be, did the process take or not? Is the batch going to be bitter and lacking zeal, or is it going to be sweet and zest? Am I? Am I? At the end of the process, am I going to be bitter and lacking zeal, or am I going to be sweet and zestful? What part of the process will I accept, and what part of the process will I not? And in what point did something go wrong? In the wine-making process in me, will it take? Let's look at the wine-making process a little deeper. But first, just for fun, I did a little research. Um, the most expensive wine ever sold was a bottle of Domaine de la Romani Conti Grand Cru. Okay, so there you go. I wouldn't say it the same twice. It was 1945. Uh, the bottle was for 1945, but it was sold in 2018 for $558,000. Yep, the process took on that one, I'd say. <laughs> It was a rare vintage wine, and it only, they only made 600 of that bottle of wine. And there were very, there were only two left in 2018 when this one sold for 558,000. And they believe that it was a little bit of a deal because it was sold at an auction. They said that was not a deal, but whatever. But if you are a fine wine person, you may have already heard of that, and you are not over the way that I said it earlier. <laughs> This particular wine started in a great vineyard. It started with a reputable soil, and if you will, a gardener, right? So next is the grapes, all right? So the grapes were hand-picked so that they can sort them at picking. So grape wine is made in a great vineyard with good grapes, then you determine your sugar content. Then the fermenting with yeast and that wine, what happened is they made sure that the wine yeast used were from that vineyard. So the layer of the quality there. And then the pressing and the crushing and the resting. In some fine wine vineyards, when grapes are picked from that vineyard and created, what will happen sometimes is minimal additions of sulfur are added to avoid the risk of wine oxidation or spoilage. Resting or racking, if you will, would come next. And then a clarifying stage, a straining stage to get that clear color. I learned today that sometimes in that process, if it doesn't run clear, they add gelatin. Thought that was an interesting fact. 
to get that clear color. And then if you get it too cloudy, then they do something else. I mean, right? You know? And then the aging process. Some wines take seasons, some take years. And then bottling. It takes approximately 400 grapes to make one bottle of good wine. And you're asking, Marsha, what does this have to do with me? We are grapes. We come from a premier vineyard. The creator of the universe has handpicked us. And our entire lives, he is working to add and strain out. He is working to clarify and age to bring about his purposes in our lives. God wine is the choicest wine. We are being crushed, crushed and pressed at times absolutely for his choicest wine. We are being changed and strained at times for his choicest wine. We are seemingly set on a shelf at times. He is resting us for his choicest season. Are you with me? Some of you are stuck on the fact of the aging process. You're like, I've been, on the, I've been aging for a little while. So have I. I've got the glasses on, okay? But for his choicest wine, for his choicest season, we are grapes from the most premier vineyard, our creator. And you say, but Marcia, what I just went through doesn't feel like God process to God wine. And I want you to know that I get it. Remember this. Before we go any further, as we talk about the process tonight, that what the enemy means for harm, God can turn for good. And we see this when Joseph was rejected and undermined and attacked by his own brothers. He, in his own language, said those words. Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Yeah. And in the message we see, don't you see? You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. Yeah. The new wine process is the same for wine as it is for me, church. And as the grapes receive the process they are transformed into something fresh and new, and so am I. As I receive the process, I am transformed into something fresh and new. The process of shaping and framing me into the likeness of Christ can be brutal. And then add in the wild part of this fallen world. And we can outright be pummeled from all sides. And it can feel like everything's just crushing in. But if we will receive the process for what God 
is doing in us, with us, for us, through us, then the result will be fresh and new, stronger and wiser, deeper and more like Jesus. That's what I want. I don't want pressing and pressure. But if he's going to become greater and I'm going to become less, then we got to go through a process. That is a process. In 2024, that's the thing we chose, and I just want to say I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> because he must become greater, I must become less, is going to be a process. There have been different seasons of our ministry where we've experienced great acceptance, and there have been seasons of our ministry where we have felt great rejection. One particular season, we were hoping that things would um, go one way, a certain way. Erica. But it became clear that that was not happening. And it wasn't going to happen. And I remember after a very awkward encounter with some people that could have been really hurtful, but we didn't let it go that way within ourselves, if you know what I mean. We walked away, and of course you wait till the car to talk about it, right? And so... <laughs> so, you know, don't make a face. Don't say anything. Just walk to the car. We'll talk about it in the car. And so we get in the car, and it had been an awkward, it could have been hurtful situation. We got in the car, and before he even opened his mouth, the Lord spoke to me and through me and just said, don't resist the rub. It's pushing you to your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said out loud, babe, we can't resist the rubs pushing us to our purpose. And it did. It was awkward and confusing, but soon after it became very clear that those particular people were not going to be part of what God was doing. And they weren't. And it ended up being a blessing. Don't Resist the rub. It's pushing you to your purpose. I would say that all throughout my life, I've gone through the process, and I would call them trials and storms. And everybody in here knows because we're 100% been through a trial and storm, right? And I just have said sometimes, okay, Lord, I understand that my storm seemed to include like damaging wind and hail. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? Somebody else is over there like, oh, that was some rain. And I'm like, I've got dents in my skull. <laughs> and I've looked up to the Lord and said, a rainstorm would also be a storm, you know? You know, like, no? <laughs> but can I tell you, he had a lot of work to do on me. And he still does. I mean, I was a Mustang running in the wrong direction. I mean, the wrong direction. And when the Lord got a hold of me, and I chose to look full in his wonderful face, he sang that song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. Well, when he got a hold of me and I chose to do that, I was not one bit interested in remaining the way that I was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some of y'all met Jesus and wanted to say the same, and I just want to say, did you look in his face? 
Because what I saw, I didn't want that. I wasn't one bit interested in remaining the way that I was. I wanted him to do whatever he needed to do to make the choicest one. And he is. He who began a good work in me will carry it to completion. Don't let the fact that God is adding to you or shedding things in you or allowing pressing and crushing to convince you that you're not loved by him or chosen by him or that there's something wrong with you. I don't want you to miss this. Don't let the pressing and the crushing or the adding to you or the shedding from you that God is doing convince you that there's something wrong with you. No. Instead, see that because you mean the world to him that he is adding his best to you. He is pulling away the not so good in you so that when the process is complete, you are the choicest one. Yeah. Do you get that? We sometimes are like, well, God's only doing that work. I must, I must, something must be wrong with me or he doesn't really love me. This is really hard. No, don't see the process as meaning there's something wrong with you. See that because he loves you so much and he has choices wine prepared for you that all of this has to happen first because you mean that much to him. See that that's how much he loves you. When my boys were young and their behavior was young, we'll put it that way, and, and I didn't want it to remain. Because I love you, we're going to work on this together. And it's going to be painful for both of us, I guarantee it. But we're going to work on it and we're going to stick with it. And we're going to see it to the end because I see character in you, my son. I want people to see Jesus through you, my son. I want people to experience the Holy Spirit when you open your mouth, my son. And God has done it, and God is doing it, and he will continue to do it in all of us. But I didn't see my voice and say, you know, just remain young and immature. Yeah. Just like he has said that to me. Marsha, I don't want you to remain young and immature. Because I love you that much. Yeah. And so because you mean the world to him, he is adding his best to you, and he is pulling away the not-so-good in you, so that when the process is complete, you are the choicest wine. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We want to be good enough. But he sees choices. Oh, every time I see the words, I am good enough, I want to say, oh no, you're his choices, wife. Let's not resist the rub. Just like grapes, as they are changed and soak up the process, may we be open to the seasons of change and receive the flavor the tools, the straining, the humbling, and the awkward rubs. Because at the end of those seasons, if we will allow it, we will have flavor and tools and muscle and weakness that is needed.
for the next season. I want you to know I'm talking to every single age group in here. Because all throughout life, he's shaping us and framing us for what he has next for us. Aren't we thankful? We know that perfection doesn't happen until heaven. We say it all the time. We'll be perfect until we reach heaven. Praise the Lord for that. We'd probably brag about it or something. But there is purpose here now. For all of us. All of us. The youngest and the oldest. There's purpose here now. And when I arrive at my purpose in this season, I want to be dressed and prepared and armed for the right there, right then. So last season, and all the seasons before, even the damaging wind and hailstorms of my life that have dented my skull, were preparing me for this season. Last season, and all the seasons before, gave me flavor, and tools, and muscle, and took selfishness, and pride, and is adding meekness, and faith, and again, that will continue because we're not perfect to reach heaven, so no one staying up here is thinking they've had it all together. I'm just saying. Last season was a process that added things and took things and is giving things. And all of which I need to live and love and serve in this season. You too. Some of you saw on my Facebook. This was the two-year anniversary of the faith journey we all took during my cancer season. And the miracles that happened in that. And here's something I pray. I pray that the faith that was built in us was added to our being as like a new appendage that we now operate with. Are you getting me? I want you to hear this. What God did was not just icing. That was amazing. Did you see what he did? He moved a tumor. And then did you see him? She gave me chemo. Did you see that? That was so great. Life is hard. with. I don't want the level of faith 
that we were raised in in that season to be gone. Romans 5, 3 through 4 tells us we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope. Let me see if I can find some endurance around here. Endurance. Go through trials. Oh, strength of character? As long as I stay and I endure and I can continue to work on my character and I can be strengthened and I allow God to do it. And I want you to know if these stickers fall off, it doesn't change that I really believe in this stuff, okay? <laughs> and confident hope. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope. And you see, we go through these seasons and we just keep adding. And we're building. Our being is developing. And now I operate with more faith than I did before. And I pray that I keep adding to that. And I operate with more endurance than I did before, and I hope I keep adding to that. And I operate with the strength of character because it was challenged. And it was questioned. Anybody? And I had to know that I say what I believe, and I believe what I say. And I hope I keep adding to that. And I pray that my confident hope would never get weary. And I operate with a little more confident hope because of what I've gone through. And I didn't resist the process. I didn't like it. Didn't feel good. Name it. But maybe now, I'm growing into the likeness of Christ. <laughs> Friends, all throughout this year, all throughout our lives, we go through the process. Let's not resist it. Because it's in the process that we learn and grow and gather and become fresh and new for His purposes in this season and the next. Some of you may feel like you have accepted every season. And it just hasn't stopped. Just rains. And you can't even seem to get to a point of putting purpose into practice before the next rainstorm begins again. It's like the process never stops. And Galatians 6, 9 tells us that do not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So keep receiving. 
in the process. Keep letting it purify you. Keep aging. Your new wine season is coming. I want to say hang in there. I have some friends that will be watching this online later. Hang in there. This is not a sign that you're a bad grape. This is a sign of a really big assignment. There have been times people have told me, you're just so strong, Marcia. And I am always so honored by that compliment. God is my strength. You guys know that's where I place anything I'm worth. But there are times we just don't want to be cancer strong. There are times we don't want to be stronghold strong. There are times we don't want to be deliverance strong. It's hard being delivered from an addiction. There are times we don't want to be naming strong. You know? But the assignment on me with that cancer story is a big one. And I know it. And I really want to be prepared for it when it comes. People have asked me to write a book, whatever. I don't know what it's going to look like. It might just be telling it right here on this stage, but that's big to me. To tell it in sequence. I'll be honest, my season as a single mom was hard. But since then, the ministry I have had as a former single mom has been huge every morning. Purpose. Don't get weary. Let me see if I can find something over here that tells me not to get weary. There's one around here somewhere. Don't get weary. This one's coming. Don't get weary. Don't give up. Expect a harvest. Don't get weary of doing good. You don't want to be cancer strong. You don't want to be single mom strong. You don't want to be fill in the blank strong. I get it. But you're not doing this alone. Yeah, sure. It is in him we live and move and breathe and find our being. Don't get weary of doing good. Don't give up. Expect a harvest. And as we fight through those seasons, we add that like an appendage for the next season. Maybe tonight you're in the opposite camp and have resisted every hard season and have learned nothing from it and never applied the faith that you should have been developing and, and receiving the process. Maybe you have never through anything or anything at all that God has thrown you learned anything and grown because you have just been so resistant. And now you are filled with fear and anger and self-protection because you've just resisted the hard. Yeah. Maybe there's somebody in that camp tonight with good news. Today is a new day. Yeah. And he loves you. Yeah. And you've decided that if he loved you, you would go through all this. But I want to remind you, because you're his choicest wine, yeah. he's adding and shedding and straining and aging 
And the process is sometimes hard. But if you can wear the truth that he loves you, and wear it in this season till the process is complete, then you will have that as a tool in the next season. He loves you. And maybe for you that has resisted every season, maybe it's time to come to the end of yourself. Yeah. And consider that if nothing remains the same in you, it's okay. If you get on the bathroom floor with God like I did, and you look full in his wonderful face, you don't you won't care if anything about you remains the same because you're looking into glory and holy and salvation and promise and purpose and eternity. Amen. So maybe it's just time to come to the end of yourself tonight, my friend. And consider nothing being the same about you with Jesus. Offer yourself to the Lord for the process. Offer yourself to the Lord for the process. There's an idea. Offer yourself to the Lord for the process of refining and adding and shedding. So you can experience the purposeful masterpiece that he has planned for you. Offer yourself to the Lord for process. You've resisted it your whole life. Maybe it's time to just offer yourself to him. And say, I have resisted every hard thing that I've gone through. And I have not let you shape me and mold me. But I am now offering myself to you for the process. Because I want to live in purpose. Yeah. And tonight's the night. Yeah. Yeah. And as you do it, consider thanking God that he hasn't given up on you yet. That instead of seeing your constant resistance saying, peace out, my friend. He has journeyed through every single mile of pain and rejection and loss and awkward rub and sickness and sin and selfishness and attack and evil scheme with you. He's never left your side. and shaping and straining and aging 
for purpose, and it's time to just trust him. And not just place it on a sticker and put it on your collar. But where is a new appendage in the season that is here and that is to come? The process is not fun. But boy, if we would let him be the refiner in every season, we would be adding new thumbs and your elbows, and your arms, and your feet to walk out the rest of our days. And those arms, and those thumbs, and those elbows, and those feet will come in the form of faith, and endurance, and trust, and strength, and what you have learned of him, and what he has shown you, and what he has given you. I've asked Paige to sing a song and the words like, are like a written letter, if you will, from the heart. And I think that if we could be really good songwriters, because somebody was, we maybe say it like this. Because whether we've accepted every process and season and are filled with new wine right now, or whether we have resisted every season and can barely lift our head, we are all seeking purpose. Right now. We are all wondering, what is this season all about? We are all seeking purpose in this season. You're asking, what is this season's lessons? And what is this season's purpose? And I just want to ask, are you open to whatever God has for you in this season? Are you ready for the process? Are you open to the process because you want that purpose? Or do you want to just skip the process? No. Are you ready? I would encourage you, no matter what age, to consider that this season won't look like the past. And I would encourage you not to try to fast forward to what it's going to be. But no matter your age tonight, I would encourage you, as she sings this song, to let the process and the purpose merge in your life for this season. It's been great for some. It's been tumultuous for some. Don't look back. It's foggy for some. And it's really exciting for some. Don't look too far ahead. Yeah. Because I don't want you to miss what God has purposed for you in this season. And I want you to operate with all the things that he has added to your life right here, right now. I'll come up when she finishes this song.
from me. <clears throat> Friends, the same process that Jesus took with Peter, a foul-mouthed, self-centered, self-protective, can-do-it-myself fisherman to a man who gave his life, preached on Pentecost, and performed the first miracle of the apostles. Fisher of men is the same process he is doing in me and can do for you. Let it be so. Let it be so. Tonight's response includes a journaling station and a sticker station. Good luck not getting it in your hair. As always, we have a station with candles symbolizing that Jesus is the light of the world. And we ask that you come and if you have some darkness in your life or your marriage or your situation or your soul or somewhere in the world that you know about, that you would come and light a tea candle, inviting the light of Christ into that darkness. We have a cross. We have masking tape and sharpies over here. And we ask that tonight you come. And as you write on that masking tape, that you would write maybe the part of the process that's been the hardest. And that you'll place it on the cross. And that as you walk away from that cross, wherever you go in the room, as you walk away from the cross, that you would ask the Lord to help you become choices one. Always kneeling available on this front row here if you'd like. I'm going to ask Eric and Laura, pastoral prayer in the back. They'll go back there. If you need time with a pastor in prayer, if you're ready to just offer yourself for the process to the Lord tonight, go pray with the pastor. And then over here, there's two tables to stand around and write. On there, we have paper and pens, and you can journal. You can journal the process, the purpose, the hope, the things that maybe you wish you would have collected along the way, or the things that you have, or maybe what you're hoping for in this season. Just journal a little bit. And also, there are some stickers. Maybe pick up a sticker that says something you've gained along the way. Trust the process. He's here. Let's respond. Let's worship. And now let it be organic. We've planned an extended response time. There's no rush. Trust this process too. Let me pray. God, you're good. We love you. We don't always understand. Forgive us for trying to always understand. Help us, Lord, in this season, in the next process, to trust in you with all of our heart and not lean on our own understanding. Help us, Lord, to remember that we can trust on you with all of our heart. We sometimes think that our understanding is the wisest. Forgive us. Help us to trust in you with all of our heart. Tonight I pray that someone will pick up a new appendage. That they will allow faith to be a new arm that they operate with. That they would lay down their pride. That they would pick up some surrender. 
Or maybe tonight they'll lay down fear and pick up faith and operate from that, not just this season, but the next. But one of the things, Lord, that's heavy on my heart tonight is that everyone in this person, no matter what age they are, that they would see purpose in this season and that they would rise into it. Sometimes we don't rise into the purpose that you have for us because we thought it would look different. We wanted it to look like that. We thought it would look like that. But Lord, I pray that as purpose is revealed to us, that we would rise into it with honor. Amen. And that we would serve, and first of all, that we would love you with all that we are. And that we would serve the way that you have fashioned and called and shaped us to serve. You and to feed your sheep. And so Lord, thank you for not giving up on us. We are here. We want to respond. Move us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Respond as you feel led and as they lead us in worship. <laughs>